0: Hello and welcome to TP with TP, the podcast with Tom Polos. Here, we chronicle the absurd world of entertainment and interview movers and shakers in the industry, all the while taking some blame. Today, we're bad at parallel parking. What's something you're good at? Like, a fairly common thing that you really excel at. Can you sew a button? Type over 100 words per minute? Sit down at a piano and just play by ear? There are things we're great at and things we're bad at. Skills that are simple or obvious to others can be confoundingly cruel. I, for one, am good at smiling. I can smile in any situation. I can also walk and weave through a crowd faster than anyone I know. I'm long, lean, and have the anticipatory mindset for this occasionally useful gift. But there's dumb, seemingly easy stuff I have laughable trouble with. This includes getting rings off of keychains, using a corkscrew, and parallel parking. I literally hurt myself trying to do those simple things. It's stupid. I smile through my own stupidity. We all take turns being stupid. There have been times, I'm sure, where you felt stupid, yes? Maybe you said a word or slogan or stupid so many times that it lost its meaning. The term for that psychological phenomenon of repeating a word to death is semantic satiation. And if you say semantic satiation five or 10 times, it results in semantic satiation. This often happens to performers or singers or writers or content creators who get hung up on a line, lyric, or turn of phrase. Speaking of repeating lines, there's a cliche image of actors wandering a hallway, holding a script in one hand and gesticulating with the other, reciting their important words. Maybe stopping by a mirror to see how they look delivering that line. Who cares about the other characters' lines? Honestly, there's a reason a lot of stereotypes are true. Plenty of actors do just that. They'll highlight their text and wait to speak their part and break for lunch. In Los Angeles, it can feel like everyone is only worried about their own lines. In some other cities, people make small talk or hold the elevator or ask, how are you doing? In LA, how are you doing is replaced with, what are you doing? But what are you doing subtext is, what are you doing right now and how can I help what I'm up to? The metaphor of just learning your own lines and staying in your own lane extends to driving in Los Angeles. People become so involved with their hopeful careers that they are mindless behind the wheel. The soul-crushing traffic in the entertainment capital of the world is well-documented and very real. They call it the 405 freeway because you're on it for four or five hours. Producers and writers and talent are all gripping their gear changers, reliving the meeting they just had and choosing their own ending as to how it should have gone, reauditioning for their own steering wheels Unfair thoroughfares filled with good-looking, talented, but delusional people blindly merge around the city that filmed rush hour and still offers rush afternoons, rush evenings, and rough nights. The 10 freeway from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m. is one of the few places on Earth where it's both impossible to speed or to figure out the exact time you'll get to your destination. The chaos exists on side streets, too. People drive like they're tired of living. Some neighborhoods are better than others, sure, but no neighborhood is safe. There's one street in one neighborhood which was the subject of many city council meetings. Quorums and forums were held to stop the manic driving in the area. The neighborhood locale was Silver Lake, and the street was named Rowena. I frequent that neck of the woods and that very street. One morning, I was meeting a friend and needed to pull onto the busy Rowena Avenue. I turn right, and Rowena is as windy and hilly as ever. I spot a rare open parking spot. The spot was on my side of the road, but I was going to have to squeeze into it. Remember how I said I wasn't good at parallel parking? I mentally prepare. Put on my blinker, line up perfectly, shift the car into reverse, and begin angling back, ready to quickly turn the wheel. A blue BMW speeds around my car, burns some rubber, and nearly hits my front end. I tap on the brakes, catch my breath, and try again. Within seconds, a red Prius silently sneaks up and wasn't as ego-friendly as they wanted fellow travelers to think, honks twice and goes around me. I'm now kind of diagonal to where I need to be, and start to sweat, wondering how I'm going to restart this entire process as cars continue to whiz by one after the other, after the other, after the other. I can't let off the brakes too fast as I'm on a steep hill, but I can't accelerate too quickly because I don't want to hit the parked cars I'm looking to get in between. Minutes are passing. Pedestrians are wondering what is happening. It's now or never. He who hesitates is lost. If I make this move quick, I can do it in one fell swoop. I start the swoop. I look to where I need to go, throw it in reverse, start to angle, and The loudest horn you've ever heard comes from a massive mattress truck. A deep air horn that can only be used to warn people about tornadoes. I'm thrown back into my seat. The box truck nearly kills me. It just misses. My car moved directions from the wind. My life flashed before my eyes. But it was more than that. My face had actually flashed before my eyes. You see, It was a mattress truck with my face on the back of it. Yes, years ago, I had a gig with an expensive, high-quality mattress company, and my face and body wound up in malls and in stores and on trucks and in videos across the country. People had spotted me in Denver, Nashville, New York, Miami, and Palm Springs. Now, my own work had nearly done me in. Is this what Judy Garland felt like? My mind is somewhere over the rainbow, and while I think I'm great, I almost died staring at myself. I regroup in this gigantic moving billboard. My hands are behind my head and I look very relaxed on this plush mattress. Not a care in the world. Now on Rowena, I'm far from relaxed. I don't try to park in this spot again. I follow my face in the truck to find a new king size spot. No onlooker asked me, how are you doing? Or even, what are you up to? The truck driver eventually moved on when he realized he hadn't hit me and he wasn't going to topple over. Like everyone in LA, he had to be at his next meeting too. He had his line to deliver. And I just do what I did in that advertisement. I did my special skill, the one I told you about earlier. I smiled. How could I not? My work was all over town again. And that's a wrap for this week's TP with TP. See you at the after party.